Hi, this is Dr. Jane Battenberg, author of Change Within, Change the World. In this weekly podcast, I interview changemakers who are at the cutting edge of new thought and consciousness awareness. Join me as we change within and change the world together. Today's guest is Johanna Derbalowski to talk about turning lemons into lemonade. I think we can all use some lemonade right now. She is a best-selling author of the book, The Transformation Promise. It's a fabulous book. I've read it and I highly recommend it. It's very simple and entertaining, yet it has the power to transform your life. She's helped clients worldwide with all kinds of life's major changes and transformations. And one of the things in her bio is that she has taught at the Edgar Casey Center in New York City. So, Johanna, welcome to the show. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm honored to be here. You know, it's interesting because we we met online and found that we have similar interests, similar things, and yet we go about them in quite different ways. Yeah, I read your book too, and it's wonderful. I highly recommend it. (laughs) So tell me, just as as a way to get started, how did you get into this metaphysical way of being? You grew up in Germany, right? Yes, I grew up in Germany, way out in the middle of nowhere. Not like an American in the middle of nowhere, it's more crowded there, but away from people. And my parents were definitely metaphysical and into the healing and also into energy work. As a kid, I was exposed to a lot of different healers. Some were shepherds in the hills and monks and everything else that uh, my dad dragged me to. And I started questioning really early that the universe, like something was really not working, that there was too much suffering, there was too much, um, you know, having to do things you don't want to do and not being able to do the things you want to do. That was, as a child, sort of my biggest flaw. And I started that out with conversations with my grandmother because I told her, I said, you know, this, this year doesn't really work for me. The whole setup on earth doesn't work for me. And she said, well, you know, you, you could take it up with God personally. And so, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so that was, you know, before I started school, I had my long conversations, most of them complaining uh, to whatever I thought God might be. And then my next thing was to her was, well, he's not answering, so how can I get an answer? And she said, well, when you get quiet enough, the answer will come. And that, you know, led into then I was just a normal school kid. And as a teenager, I decided that I just wanted to be more normal. It was more trying to be like everybody else and not metaphysical and not into energy and not any of that, but it kept showing up again. So every few years, something would happen where I was again introduced to it or um, I got sick and I was deciding that Western medicine wasn't doing all that I expected it to do. So I went back to the healer route. And then eventually I just gave up trying to be somebody else. And what age was that? Where did you make that shift? 
the real shift I made after I would live by then, I had moved to Maine and New York City and then Los Angeles. And after my son was born, it was a particular trying time for me because um, my husband and I both had lost our jobs and we had a new baby. Mm. So, yeah, and a friend of mine said, hey, you know, why don't you come with me and meet this person who became my teacher for quite a while. And uh, that's how I started to not look to be normal anymore, but to just work on, well, you might say it a gift, but we all have it. I just tried to really um, go inward and look for the answers within. And one of the things that, that you talked about that intrigues me is, is the duality of life. Does that apply to what you just talked about? Yes. I mean, that's that, that nothing really works out here. And um, there's all this suffering and everything. I mean, the whole, the whole idea that I had even as a kid that this place is flawed Later, I began to understand that, no, it, it is duality. It has to be day and night, light and dark, good and bad. So these things are constantly playing off each other. And that's just the way this universe is made up. So we can always say, oh, we just want to be in the light, but it doesn't work that way. It just balances itself out. The only way you can really not participate in that swinging back and forth pendulum is if you step out of that duality and you step into your heart and you let everything go. Okay, so, so talk more about how you um, move clients and yourself into stepping out of the duality. Well, first of all, I want to say that most people don't want to. We all want that high. We don't necessarily want the low, but we all want the bipolar high. <laughs> and we all have a little bit of that, you know, just lusting after the high. And when we hit a low, it's like, help me out of here or what's wrong. But when you start looking at suffering more, then we'll under, start to understand that almost everything in this life is perishable. Our bodies are perishable. Our relationships are perishable. Whatever happens is not made for eternity. So if you are in a relationship and you're very happy with somebody, there will come the moment of the end of the relationship. It may be when the other person dies or when you both die or when you die, but it is not eternal thing that happens. And we try to desperately hold on to these things that are gonna go. I mean, I live in LA and the body, the aging body is something most people really don't want to let go of here. They, or the young body, they don't want the aging body, but that's what happens. We get older and the body eventually will deteriorate. So looking at that, I try to guide people to find what is it that does not go away? What is it that's not perishable? And try to find that within yourself. And in, in that stillness of that, everything is blissful. Aha. Uh -huh. So is that how you develop the quantum heart field experience? Um, no, that was earlier. 
but that's definitely working with that got me to um, got me to looking at it at life that way. The quantum heart field I developed because there is that moment between moments. So in, if you do um, a breathing meditation, you have the inhale and then you have that moment between the inhale and the exhale where there's just nothing going on. And in that moment, you can get into a really deep meditation. And the same with the body, if you're looking for a shift, as long as you're holding on to everything that you want to shift, your desires and your, what you don't want to have, have happen, and your mind creating all these big webs to hold on to, a little shift can happen when you're so entangled. But when you let go of everything in that split second, also the body can um, transform itself. Any change always happens instantaneously. It's sometimes a really long time that leads up to the change, but the actual shift is always just a split second. Hmm. I used to call the between the in-breath and out-breath the, the magic moment because in physics, that's the instant, uh, it's the non-locality where, where you can go, your consciousness can go anywhere in the universe, just split second out and then back to who you are. Exactly. So if you go to physics, that would be the moment where nothing is being observed and everything is just moving particles. So we, we have to let go of observing what we think reality is in order to shift it. Mm. So do you have any stories about how that has um, been miraculous in someone's life or in your life? Well, in my life, yeah, I mean, everything happens uh, in those moments, and so doesn't everybody else. I think that with clients that I've worked with, usually most of them take some time to break through their resistance to actually wanting change. I mean, everybody comes and say, I want to feel better. And that's what I talk about in the book is first you have to get to know yourself because you have all these structures that you built yourself into, you know, your physical body, your workplace, your friends, your social standing, your belief system, all of those hold you in place. They are very um, rigid structures, some worse than others. When you become aware of all that you're doing, when you start observing yourself and you see, wow, I am running to this job all the time and it takes so much time and it takes away from the time that I spend with my kids or with my family. Is this really what I want? Is it worth the house that I'm living in and the friends that are connected to me because I'm well off. So when you start observing yourself, and that's probably the first thing I would advise anybody to do, start really observing yourself and seeing what is it you really do and what, what is really worth it. And especially right now with the COVID-19, we have that kind of torn apart our, you know, a little bit our ideas of how the day should go and where we should go to work. And so it's a great opportunity to go inward and take stock of how do we actually function and is it worth it to do it that way. 
with the uh, sequestering and, and socially distancing, all our daily routines and habits have just been disrupted, destroyed. We have to make new ones, I think. So you're saying before you make the new ones, consider what's really important? Yeah, I, I like to use the example of the spider. You know, we have a spider that creates a beautiful spider web. And I know we've all seen beautiful spider webs with a big spider in it. And that's how we create our lives and our ideas. But simultaneously, we are also the fly that is caught in the web, you know, ready to be eaten up by the spider and the web. So the idea is if you know, then you can say, okay, do I really want this big kind of a web where I'm going to be completely caught in and can't get out? Or is it enough to just have like one little strand of web that if you fly into, you can also fly out of again. Hmm. Okay, so well, the title of, of your podcast is Lemons into Lemonade. And I'm just wondering now, what do you suggest to people to deal with the, the fear and the, the lack of resources and stuff that, that many people are experiencing with the COVID? Yeah, fear, fear is always comes from the past. All fears that we have about the future or anything else comes from the past. And it's because of past experience, things we've learned, things we've heard. Some people say, you know, that, oh, well, then the deep depression was there and it was horrible for everybody. And, but if you had never heard of that, if you could be completely free and in the present moment, there would not be any fear because the truth is we never know what's going to happen. We never know what tomorrow will bring. We may have some idea, but if uh, nature has another idea, then um, it's not going to happen. Why well, isn't that the truth? <laughs> so who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. So if we can let go of our past fears or our fears that originate in the past, and just stay in the moment and just observe ourselves. Now as that we're home so much more because of the lockdown or the restrictions and not driving, commuting to work. And we can use this, these lemons of being ripped out of our you know, socially active lives. We can actually sit at home and turn this into lemonades by raising our inner awareness by really looking inside and seeing what's going on. Observe yourself. One of my favorite things is because I love to write. I mean, I, uh, other than a self-help book, I like to write just stories for myself. And in life, I like to narrate my life sometimes. I wake up and I go like, oh, she is not feeling good today. Well, what what do I think she should be doing next? So I narrate my own life or maybe she should turn left here instead of always right and see what is there. And um, so you just observe what you are, what you usually do, what your habits are and just let them go and try to see a different um, story or Best case scenario, no story. Just enjoy the moment. Mm. 
but you know, attachments have a way to creeping in and you know, then you let them go again. But alone the awareness that everything you think or anything we all think is real is not, it's all perishable. So when you get that awareness that the lemons are not going to stay lemons, they're going to be something else. Either they're going to be a fertilizer or you do something with them. Everything is always constantly going to change and you can speed that up and transforming it into something that you like better if you are consciously aware. So if you were trying to make lemonade out of lemons, <laughs> you get the lemons, you juice them, then you add your sweetener and you add the water. But you can only do that if you know what the lemon is. What is the lemon? What is, where is the sugar? Where is the honey? Where is the water? So that is kind of the awareness that you need. So I'm stuck here now may have lost my job i don't know what's going on and we can sort of focus on that and sink our teeth into it and be miserable or we can say okay so now where am i in this what is real in this so you're saying that you're not your emotions your emotion may be frustration at being held at being, at being sequestered or frustration at not being able to hug your grandkids or, or whatever. So you've got all these emotions that are stirred up and you're saying? Yeah, if you are your emotions, then you die every time your emotions change. So you can't be your emotions because you, you change your emotions all the time. You're happy, you're sad, you're grieving, you're this or that. Those are all things that don't last. So that cannot be you because after going through billions of emotions, you're still here. Yeah. It's kind of like in Scotland, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes, it'll change. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing because change is inevitable. We cannot be stuck, but we can hold on. We can be attached to our misery. And I think that is probably the one thing that I encounter most with clients, the attachment to our own misery. Okay, so what then, what suggestions for listeners do you have to get out of your, if you're miserable or, or fearful? The what? first thing is observing it. Observe that. See how you... And you can see it already if you meet people out in the street and they say, oh, how are you? And you say, oh, I am great. Life is wonderful. It's perfect. Then it's like, oh, okay, good. It's nice seeing you. Bye. And, <laughs> but if you come and you say, oh, I'm not feeling well today and I'm so scared and there's this and that going on and I don't know what's going to happen, you have a conversation. Now the other person will say, oh, I'm so sorry, and maybe you could do this, or what about that? And then, so it's a whole, our social environment is largely focused on what is not working. And, you know, look at the news that people watch hours a day now. It's all focused on the conversation piece is always something is wrong. 
So misery does really love company, but joy, not so much. Because when you're happy, you, you don't need that. Hmm. So you mean giving up Fox News and CNN and would, would be more boring in a way, but it would lead to more sustained joy? Yeah, well, at least make it a limited amount of time because, you know, I also think it's good to know what's going on around you, but it's not necessary to know what's going on around you. And when you look back 10 years ago, what did any of that really affect who you are? What was going on in the news 10 years ago? Probably can't even remember what it was. So it's okay to look at that, to be aware and to take a stand or to do whatever you feel inclined to do, but stay aware, know that that's what you're doing. Have that constant witness or narrator behind you that says, oh, okay, so now my character happens to be doing this and it's making her feel that way. And so then you become aware of everything. And once you become aware of everything, then you can also do things different. It's no longer a habit. Now it's, or it may still be a habit, but your awareness is that the habit is maybe not serving you. Yeah. So instead, I, I always say there's nothing that happens in life that isn't for your benefit. So if you look at everything that comes your way, that there's something beneficial in it. I actually had a, a client yesterday who had a huge domestic thing with uh, employees going on that weren't getting along and everything. And so she called and she asked me and I said, well, it's really not about the employees, but what are the issues here? And she said, well, the issues are really, you know, loyalty and envy and jealousy. And, and I said, why don't you just sit down and write just some automatic writing, which is what she likes to do. So therefore that was a good one. And write down what comes up when you think about these things. What do these words like loyalty and jealousy and envy, what do these words mean to you? An hour later, she said, yeah, I mean, that was so eye-opening. I know why, um, why I struggle with those things. And so she was completely fine right after. Because that awareness, the things on the outside are always there to help us grow. So it was not the external, it was just a, a trigger for her to look inward. Yes, because you can't change anybody else. You can only change yourself. Didn't you break your hand at one point? And, yes. <laughs> and everything that happens is for your own benefit. How did that? Well, it that I had just said that to somebody seconds before I broke my hand. So I had to immediately think about, okay, <laughs> here you go again, um, eat your own words. And so I did, and I went home and it definitely limited what I could do. So on top of the social distancing and the stay at home more, it immobilized me even more than that. So I had more intense time to go inward and to look at you know what what is important and make some changes and just be with myself it's hard 
it's hard to be with yourself. I love running away from it occasionally. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> so right now, it's the same thing. We have this coronavirus that is um, creating havoc, which also shows you all the plans. I mean, I had planned to teach a workshop in Germany, which didn't happen. So we can make plans, but we don't ever know what's going to happen. But we are thrown with this and this opportunity allows us to, what I see in my neighborhood is the dads are home, the kids are happier, the families do more stuff together. I mean, there's a lot of um, really good things about that too. And I think the biggest problem we have is that when we get the lemons, we go like, oh, they are sour. We don't want them. Why isn't this a piece of candy instead? And then we focus on that instead of saying, wow, this happens now. What does it, what can it do for me? That would be the lemonade to finding where can I go with this? Where is this pointing me? And then you talk about uh, be careful what you wish for. At one point you said, I asked for feet and I got wings. <laughs> Well, that was a book that I read when I was a child that was, uh, had some sort of title like that. And I don't remember the book and I was never able to find it again. But it was about somebody that had uh, big plans for her life and was in an accident and then paralyzed. And for a long time, she was very miserable and she writes about that and she wanted God to give her her feet back. But instead, she, I believe she became a fantastic surgeon and amazing doctor. And she said, well, I, I asked for the feet, but I was given wings. And she was in a wheelchair and would do, and she was a famous surgeon because she could. Yeah. I mean, that's what I remember. So I don't know. I was looking, I looked for the book, but I had no, I just had my childhood memories of reading it. And I could not find the actual book, but the one really big fact of life is we're all going to die. So we are all going to leave this world, yet we spend so much time being afraid of that moment. And have we gotten enough time in? Have we done everything? Or, or denying that it will happen to us. Yeah, but it, it, it is going to happen to us. So if we can just say, okay, you know, let me just like not spend all my time being afraid of this thing that's going to happen and just see what can I do today. And in essence, if we look at like, oh, we're going to lose um, our house, we're going to be miserable, we're not going to be able to have health care. Those are all going into that um, fear of death kind of fears, mm. the fear of not being able to survive this life. But in truth, if we would not spend so much time worrying about something we have no control over, we could be in the moment and there in the moment, things come up. People have grandiose ideas in the moment. I'm thinking about um, the Harry Potter books, you know, that was like an idea that came. Where did it come from? Or, you know, today in the news, we had Jeff Bezos talk about how he, as a teenager, had the idea of a bookstore online that carries every book in the world. 
these ideas happen in the moment, but I think we miss most of our ideas and we miss most of our improvements because we are 90% occupied with our fears of whatever might happen in the future, which again, we have no control over. And you, you talked about Alexander Graham Bell's uh, quote, or we think it was him. I think it was him, but I'm also not sure it was. But when one door closes, we spend all our time looking at the door that closed instead of the one that has opened. <laughs> so that's, that's what we do. That's what we naturally do. We lose something and we just are so upset or, you know, somebody owes you money and you're so upset about it and why aren't they paying me back? In the meantime, you probably could have made that money 10 times over if you were just willing to let, let go of the past. It's dead. It's, uh, it's not there anymore. So the key is really to being in the moment for everything. And is this something that you do all the time or do you slip in and out of it? <laughs> oh, I uh, made I, I do everything you know the hard way for <laughs> 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 I have at least I mean I'm getting a little bit better at that but yes but then I catch myself I see that that's what I'm doing and I don't beat myself up over it I go like oh wow okay so here we go again <laughs> uh, obviously we haven't learned that lesson yet so I talk to myself just like I'm this wonderful little kid that fell again <laughs> and again and again <laughs> yeah and it's okay and if you look back at your life and when i work with people sometimes i tell them look back and see how many things that you're doing you had no idea you would be doing it just happened something happened i had one uh client who was really unhappy with uh, his work and then he um, was stranded on an airport at 9-11. He was missing his connecting flight because the 9-11 thing happened and he ended up going to the airport bar and um, he was all devastated because he didn't know how he was going to do everything he had planned to do but he sat next to somebody that offered him a job. <laughs> that was a beautiful job that made him much happier. So Life happens to all of us, and good things happen and bad things happen. That's part of duality. But if we can just say, okay, this happened, and then let it go because it happened, you're dealing with it, you don't have to focus so much on it anymore, then you also have room for that door that opens. Hmm. That's wise. Very nice. Or, you know, in terms of our title here, if the bad lemons come your way, <laughs> don't focus on them being sour, horrible lemons. Just say like, wow, can I make something out of it? Or can I just take it and drink it? <laughs> A friend's daughter, her daughter, I think she's six years old or five, and she loves having her mommy home. It's just wonderful. And they've gotten so close. And that was you know, it was, oh, I can't send my daughter to school. She can't play with her friends and all that kind of stuff. But the lemonade was that she and her mother got a lot closer and more bonded and it was nice. Yeah, and maybe for the future, something really wonderful will come out of it. And 
we don't, I mean, I've had that experience over and over in my life because I, one of my lessons, I guess, was financial. <laughs> so I was always on the verge of, I'm not sure if I can pay next month's rent. But what that taught me is to just have faith in it that really, I don't know, even if I had a secure job, I don't know if I get fired next month or laid off. So I'm just going to stop worrying about it because it doesn't help me to always be afraid. And when I stopped worrying about it, something always came up. Yes. Some idea came up, some little side job came up, some, you know, something would happen. So when we let go of this very, very useless worry, then we hear better. Our hearing can be more in what is presented in the moment. So what you're saying is you don't just sit there like a bump on a log and say and wait for life to change. You're you're looking at things you could do or being innovative and creative or or you know opening your mind to a story that you write about your life or you know stuff like that. You don't just sit and say okay I'm going to grit this out and wait for it to pass. Well, that depends on what you find more pleasurable. Sitting and gritting my teeth and waiting for it to pass is like not very comfortable for me. But I sit and I surrender. I said, okay, well, this is happening and I have no clue. So I'm just going to breathe. I'm going to breathe in and out and I'm going to watch my breath go in and out. And as long as that's happening, I'm still in my body. <laughs> and... I do that sometimes until something happens. And it always does? Something eventually does. Yes. There'll be either, you know, the phone will ring or an idea will come down or somebody's going to need some help. So what people don't really understand is that things are always going to change. And even if you just sat there and waited and just said, oh, this is horrible, I'm going to just wait till horrible is over, the next, the next horrible is right around the corner. <laughs> the next horrible is right around the corner. <laughs> well, it is, because we're going from, you know, light to dark, dark to light. Mm. But when we are in our heart, the sun itself has no shadow and cannot see a shadow. But when we put a desire or an attachment in front of the sun. We have an object and we have immediately have the shadow side. So when we put a body in front of the sun, we also have the shade and it keeps moving around. So waiting for bad to be over is, is kind of not a good idea because it'll come again. So you can just say, okay, so now it's shadow and not even labeling it bad, but now it's this side and then it's the other side and things will come and things will go. And that's the nature of life. Hmm. Well, let me just, um, for our listening audience, can you give us how people, if people would like a session with you, how would they go about setting this up? Do you have a website or a... Contact yeah, I have a website, quantumheartfield.com, and it has the contact info on there. And I have that book available on Amazon, The Transformation Promise. 
and I'd say just dance through your life. <laughs> okay, well, are there any last minute points that you'd like to make about suggestions for dealing with this COVID situation or for life? Yeah, I think my final thing is for COVID or life when it happens, observe yourself, see where you're at and see when lemons are thrown in your way, where are they pointing you to? What is this making you do differently than you would have done every other day? And how does that serve you? So look for that direction that's given and observe yourself. Become aware of the things that you do instead of just moving along with habits. Yes. Great advice. Well, Johanna, thank you very much for joining us today and for all the food for thought that you've given us to uh, ponder as we grapple with our new normal. Thank you, Jane. It was an absolute pleasure to speaking with you. Thanks. So you don't miss any of our shows, make sure you subscribe to podcast.changewithin.com or click the subscribe button below. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Jane Battenberg.